Okay, welcome to another episode of the Marketer's Edge, an interview series designed to share senior-level marketing executive perspective about the marketplace, agency relationships, marketer challenges, and opportunities. Our goal is to help marketers think more broadly about their business by learning from other marketers across different industries and help provide perspective for agencies about the things marketers deal with every day to help them better represent their clients and win new business. So today we're talking with Jonah Erb, the Executive Vice President at Leadership Management International. Uh, LMI uh, is a world leader in organizational and leadership development. Uh, Jonah has been with LMI for the past three years, having started as our Vice President of Marketing. Uh, Jonah graduated from Baylor University with a BA in Sports Sponsorship and Sales, uh, and he lives in Waco, Texas, and just found out that uh, he's expecting his first child. So congratulations, Jonah. Uh, Jonah's personal mission statement is to help others realize and reach their potential, both uh, physically, mentally, spiritually, professionally, and relationally, excuse me. So Jonah, thanks so much for joining us today. How have you been? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so happy to be here and join you. And thanks for all that you do in the marketing space. And uh, really excited for, for this series and everything you're doing. But things are going well. Again, uh, expecting our first kiddo. So excited for that and that's getting ready awesome. for that. So it's been good. good. Good for you. That's that's exciting for sure. So I've, I've got a small handful of questions for you. Um, but before we get to those questions, I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about Leadership Management International so our viewers know what kind of company LMI is. Yeah, absolutely. Would, would be happy to. So we were founded in 1966 uh, by a man named Paul J. Meyer. And uh, Paul J. Meyer was uh, one of the people who's kind of at the forefront of the leadership development industry. Um, people like John Maxwell used uh, took courses that were written by Paul J. Meyer and kind of went off on their journey together. And so John and uh, Paul were really close together and kind of that whole sphere. So if you're familiar with John Maxwell, it's kind of that, you know, very, uh, they were close in developing content and different things like that. But uh, what makes us kind of different than some other people is we facilitate mainly to, uh, to small to mid-sized organizations, anywhere from like 50 to 500 employees usually. You know, we have some smaller, some bigger, but that's kind of our sweet spot. Okay. And we do uh, a thing called our total leader concept, which is uh, we start with uh, personal productivity. So before you can manage anyone or lead anyone, you need to be able to manage your time. Uh, then we start with personal leadership after that. Before you can lead anyone else, you need to lead yourself. Then we go into motivational leadership, so how to lead a team. Then strategic leadership, and that's how to lead an entire organization. And we've got a bunch of other auxiliary offerings as well, and we facilitate these courses um, around the world in about 80 countries and about 30 languages currently. Uh, to people all over the world in organizations and usually teams of you know anywhere from like five to fifteen people will be in these in these sessions and we'll do small groups and we'll work through the entire organization with our total leader concept. Very cool. Uh, have you have you seen a shift over you know say the last decade uh, in terms of what companies are are looking uh, to help them? Uh, you know, in terms of bettering themselves, or does it remain relatively consistent? So I would say there's two answers to that. I'll start with the the first one that's kind of a hot take, but uh, I, I believe it's true. And, I, you know, I could be wrong, and maybe I am, and that's great. But I believe that the human condition has not changed for forever. 
deep down, we all struggle with a lot of the same things. They just take new forms. Uh, so as technology has come around, we still struggle with a lot of the same things. We just, the way we access the things we struggle with is different. And mm -hmm. um, so the human condition has not changed. So what our programs speak to has not changed. However, okay. how we deliver that has changed a lot. And so sure. in the past, uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even kind of into the 2000s, but um, mainly 90s especially, um, a lot of our programs were sold to individuals that worked at companies. And so okay. it was individuals who wanted to invest in themselves. And we'd facilitate to the individuals. Okay. Well, that shift... The shift kind of started happening later 2000s, 2000s, the teens and all those things where companies said, we need to invest in our people. Got it. And Got we it. need to treat our people like real people, which is what we've been preaching since the 60s is we have a thing called the total person concept. And it's a thing called the wheel of life. And it encompasses physical, mental, spiritual, um, financial, social, whatever it may be. And if any of those things are out of balance, so, you know, let's say, for, for instance, someone's a great employee and they're, they're physically fit and all those kinds of things. But when they go home, their marriage is on the rocks. That's going to pour mm -hmm. over into every other aspect of life as well. Sure, and so sure. a company can't just care about the work that someone does. They have to care about the person as an individual as well. Has that gotten um, – I mean, why, why – I mean, I could totally see why companies today are investing in their people because it's become such a competitive market. Uh, with uh, you know so much of the uh, the you know the, as they kind of refer to it as a, the great resignation phenomena yeah. that's going on you know trying to keep people around but um, you know other than that why do you think companies uh, find it so have found it so important to invest in people through programs like yours? Yeah, great question. So I I, I think why they're seeing it's so important is because like you said, the great resignation and all these things, they're realizing that there's different types of motivation. There's fear motivation, there's incentive motivation, all these different things, but those are very short term and they don't work that long because those are all external forms of motivation. Okay. Real motivation can only come internally. You have to motivate yourself. And so when you invest in someone and they're setting their own goals personally and professionally and the company saying, hey, we're paying for this program for you to set your own goals and when everyone in our organization is setting their own personal and professional goals and reaching those goals, the overall organization is going to grow. So not only does it affect the bottom line of the company in an incredibly profitable way, the ROI is easily measured. Mm -hmm. It also is just simply the right thing to do um, is right. to care right. about people and love people yeah. well. And so people have yeah. seen that and bought into that. That's great. So um, you talked about just the human touch and how you've lost a little bit of that with the pandemic. How do, how do you try and maximize sort of that same, uh, you know, gestalt, <laughs> that same feeling of, you know, without being able to be face to face, what kinds of things um, are you doing within the context of platforms like Zoom and, and other non face to face uh, exercises that you're working through with your clients and, and the companies? Yeah, great question. So, um, we have people around the world that are facilitating this. So I'd be remiss if I said it was me doing it's them. They're doing the amazing job. It's all them. Um, we have this amazing LMI family that's doing a great job around the world. And what they're doing is um, they're seeing that 
if we're not in person, we have to keep people engaged. How do we keep people engaged? Well, it's not by just looking at a PowerPoint presentation and listening to a seminar. It's right. constantly interacting and not just interacting, but creating things while you interact. So using the whiteboard functionality in Zoom and Teams and different things and saying, okay, instead of me coming with this pre-made presentation, let's figure out what are your goals. We're going to talk about your goals that you set. What's the progress you've made on those based on the lesson content we're going over, based on what we're here to discuss. Let's actually create some things together and see where are you at here? How can you get to here? And we're, it's all interactive. So we feel like we're in the same room together, even though we're not, but you have to interact. And um, it's, as far as marketing is concerned, because this is a lot about marketing. um, It's realizing that the over, I can't remember the exact statistic, but I believe it's, it's anywhere from 92 to 96%. I can't remember, but I think it, let's go with the low end of that. 92% of consumers don't trust marketing from companies. Mm-hmm. They trust clients and they trust people that work at the companies. And so True. we want to be storytellers through the clients and through our team, because why should they trust me here at the corporate office? You know, right. right. Tr- so trust long. Them. Yeah. So along along those lines, one of the questions I was going to ask, and this is a nice segue into it, with the company being so spread out globally, how do you maintain the brand equity of the LMI brand? You know, how do you make sure that everyone is singing from the same sheet of music and talking about the brand in the same way? Yeah, that's great. So again, kind of going back to the human condition we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. The process is what we preach. We say, you know, let's make sure we're all singing the same tune with the process, with the goal setting process, with how we track things. That doesn't need to change because regardless of culture, economic status or whatever, the human condition is the same. However, culture is very different. So how that's stated, that's why you don't just see us you know, this American company, hey, we'll go market in Africa or we'll go market in Australia or Asia. We partner with local experts to do that. And we call them master licensees and they do an amazing mm-hmm. job of that. Because they say, hey, we, us here at the home office, we'll be masters of our process and we'll train you on the process. You're a master on where you come from. We're not. Okay. We can't learn that. You are. So together, we use their wisdom on their market and our insights on our process and our programs. And together... We put forth these, uh, this marketing and the messaging that the human condition is the same. So a lot of the messaging is the same, but kind of how it's stated is different based on culture. And it's this beautiful family and this beautiful teamwork that happens all over the world together. Mm-hmm. And we could not do it without them. And it's, it's awesome. It's really fun. Got it. So it sounds like there's a pretty intensive sort of training process, uh, onboarding process. If I'm somebody new managing a market, uh, that I've got to go through in order to sort of fully realize uh, the the advantages and and the way in which we position and speak about LMI is that is that correct? Yeah. So we we have uh, some certifications that people go through and some some training, some onboarding things. We we're a big fan of being a product of the product. If you're not passionate about what you're selling, then or marketing, then you shouldn't be doing it. Um, and so we want everyone to try it for themselves. And if you don't like it, that seriously, that's great. We want to find you something that you're passionate about and let's set you up and set you up for success. And we want you to achieve your goals. That's what we're all about. But if it is us, once you go through, you can see it, then you're passionate about it. So that's kind of what our onboarding is. Um, I'm curious, you know, there, if you search, uh, you know, 
consultants. Uh, you you get you get a a lot of them popping up on Google, and if you even if you dial down into some of the specifics that you guys do, I would imagine there are quite a number of them. Uh, how how does LMI uh, work to differentiate itself from other uh, players out there? Yeah, that's 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 great. So we we try to rarely ever think about anyone else's competition or um, anything because our whole the only way we make money as a business is by helping people reach their goals. So if we're not helping people and making a positive impact on the world, we don't make money and no one gets paid. Um, and so we're not trying to beat anyone else. We're trying to help every single individual we can. And so um, when we sell a program, it's not about beating out the competition. It's saying for this person, how can we help you to achieve your full potential with your goals. And so I guess what could technically differentiate us is the way we track people's results. Everything's tied back to return on investment. So you paid this much for the program. Um, you redirected this many minutes in productivity. That equates to this much money per minute. That equates to this much money annually saved. Or we attach value to certain goals. Or we don't attach it. They attach it themselves. We track mm -hmm. that. All of our tracking is built into our process and all those kinds of things. Um, so that's kind of how we we differentiate ourselves. We're not necessarily trying to compete with other organizations, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. So I'm I'm curious, how does a global service business like yours attract uh, new companies and new customers? Is it purely a relational sale, or do you have marketing supporting the efforts to build awareness of your offering? And if you do market the business, what what are you typically doing to support that effort? Sure. Um, so. It's, it's really interesting because um, the way we kind of describe it is almost think about like a law firm, right? It's, you know, they're, they're doing, they're all working on the same things together, but it's a very relationship-based. So it is relationship-based. However, we want that global corporate brand. And so the global corporate brand that, that I work with, it's telling the stories of what the localized relationship building uh, what's taking place there. And so what our localized uh, master licensees are doing in their countries and those kinds of things is telling the stories of just their market. Our job is to tell the stories of every market. And um, it's very relationship-based. It's very referral-based. But the marketing we do to get referrals and build relationships is to share about the relationships that are happening. Um, we do share information, but everything we do, we just want to add value in our marketing. Right. Right. So how, how do you make somebody like me aware of LMI? What, how, how am I going to find out about you? Sure. So we would do a few different things. Um, normally, uh, we are not fans of cold calling. We're not fans of smile and dial. Um, for us to know you, you would either see a story being told on someone's social media or website or something. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you're involved in a chamber of commerce, we'd probably get to know you there. But in reality, it would probably be we probably facilitated something to someone who knows you and they referred us to you. Okay. And instead of us reaching out to you, we would have them reach out to you and set up that introduction because, we, again, we want it all to be friendly relationships uh, and those kinds of things. So it would probably be okay. more referral based. Got it. Got it. So so are you <clears throat> you talked about social media? Are you uh, and are you? Do you spend any monies on marketing per se, or is it all just organic and and uh, referral that drives a business? So um, we have spent on social media, but a lot okay. of so 
we don't spend money on reactive things. We, we found that what works for us, and it's different for every business, but for our sure. business, we spend money on very proactive things. Okay. So we spend money on a platform that we can go out and collect video testimonials. We spend money on uh, some premium things that allow us to target certain things better. So it's stuff that helps us go to people, not necessarily okay. spending things to help people come to us as much. Got it. Because um, we want to go initiate those relationships and get to know people. Okay. And any perspective uh, or thoughts you can share relative to how you think your categories landscape is going to change in the future? Do you see, I mean, it, it sounds like you guys for the most part have been doing the same and I don't mean this critically, but the same kind of thing for you know the last what sixty years. Um, do you see that sort of being the same for the next sixty years? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or do you see the industry sort of evolving and 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 changing in some way? Yeah. So it's kind of with every question like this, there's two sides to it. And so again, the human condition mm-hmm. side, the messaging will never change, but how that message is portrayed and spoken and shared, it's rapidly changing. And so if you would have looked at our business two years ago, Mm -hmm. totally different than what it is now, completely different. Um, uh, It's way more virtual now, way more virtual facilitation, um, those kinds of things. Um, The way we do our graduations at the end of a program have shifted. Um, The way we market is different now. It's much more story-based and video-based than it used to be. all do, you, those, do you think that, sorry to interrupt, but do you no think problem. that um, with, uh, if the pandemic were not a thing, that that would have changed? It would have, but not as fast. We, okay. we, we kind of saw, we had a five-year plan that we mm-hmm. kind of, you know, we're, think, we're going this way, we're going this way. And we made that five-year plan kind of condense into a six-month plan. And, okay. uh, and sure. through partnership with us and with all of our people around the world in the field, we were able to roll it out well. And it's not perfect. It's Mm -hmm. every day we're finding something. I think what's really exciting about our business and this industry is Mm -hmm. we feel like we've got a really good grip on what works. It's making it better, not fixing. Oh my gosh, it's not working anymore. We have to change. It's right. It's, it's working, but how can we make it work better? It's kind of like the Jim Collins, good to great. We, if you're familiar with that book, we know our hedgehog concept. We know what our main thing is. And it's how do we do that better? And so we're constantly sure. asking, how can we go from good to great in this area and not just coast? And um, that's okay. – so we do see how it's – how the messaging is sent out and received. That will change a lot, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, as far as the changes that have occurred over the last couple of years, aside from the, the, the uh, uh, aggressive move to virtual, which was – necessary to do are there sort of anything sort of unique that you're doing that um when the pandemic is over you know you're going to carry forward that uh you just found has been you know very productive for you or very beneficial for uh your customers absolutely um i think um featuring them as much as possible We'll continue to do that. I think that's something we've done a much better job of these last couple of years. Um, okay. We want to we honor their time. We're all about productivity and leadership and those kinds of things. So we're learning that, wait a second, we don't have to do everything in person. And we're honoring their time and their budgets more when we're not having to pay for a meeting space and all these kinds of things. And they're still getting just as good of results, if not better. So um, 
I think there are a lot of things, you know, the pandemic was awful for so many reasons, but we believe in every, uh, in every challenge there's equal or greater opportunity in that. And so, Mm -hmm. okay, this is a huge tragedy and a huge challenge, but there's huge opportunity in this. And so it's not an opportunity to take advantage. It's an opportunity to make an impact on people. And so we've, we've tried as an entire global family shift our mind to that. Yeah. Has uh, going virtual opened up more opportunities to work with more organizations? Oh, absolutely. Not okay. even close. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, cool. Well, listen, Jonah, it's been it's been really interesting. I mean, I you know I've 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 seen plenty of businesses like this. Uh, you guys uh, obviously have been doing this very successfully for the last you know, 60 years and, um, and, and you have a, a very sort of focused, passionate, uh, you know, perspective on the things that are going to make people and organizations better. And I think that, um, uh, you know, any marketer listening to today's conversation, while we didn't get into a lot of marketing talk, I think there's a lot of good, perspective relative to how to think about oneself, how to think about the value that they bring to a business, um, how to maybe maybe think about alternative ways of marketing your business, kind of, you know, the ways you're doing it without really spending a whole lot of money actually, you know, on marketing itself as we, you know, know it uh, historically. And, um, I think just from an agency standpoint, you know, any marketing agency watching today uh, is going to gather up also some good perspective. Um, The agency business has been um, uh, challenged uh, is probably a a modest way of, of characterizing it over these last couple of years with lots of staff turnover, uh, people sort of getting disenfranchised with the agency business. And, um, and I would imagine that agency principals uh, watching today uh, certainly are gonna think a little bit differently about uh, their people and their organization and, and really how to make those two uh, you know, one uh, to some extent. So, so Jonah, thanks so much for uh, making the time today and uh, wish you all the best in the next uh, uh, months, the coming months. I think you said June is, is the expected timing of the, uh, the, the new bundle of joy. So yeah. wish you all the best with that and uh, hope, uh, hope the rest of the year plays out really well for you. Thank you so much. And last thing I'll say is to, to any agency watching, if you can help an organization care for their people, you'll never, you'll never go hungry, you know, and, and marketing can do an amazing job of that. So I hope they don't feel disenfranchised and I hope they don't feel down about what they're doing because it's so important and telling stories and people are just looking for good things, right? So if you can help tell these good stories, you're just going to, it's going to be amazing. So I hope they feel encouraged about that. 